Hello, welcome everybody to another rendition of Taco Brain Brainstorm. I'm what? here with Christian. <laughs> I just heard you say Taco Brainstorm. Taco, a topical Brainstorm. <laughs> if I said Taco, I apologize. Uh, we're back today with a new book, but uh, first we need to talk about some things. Yeah, we uh, we took another long break. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I guess. But uh, you've been busy, Garrett. So how I... she, what's the best thing that's happened since... That was before Thanksgiving, last time we recorded. That's true. Um, uh, best thing that's happened since then. Well, I am now engaged. <laughs> Yay, me! <coughs> um, yeah, the date will be in April, which is exciting. Who are, hey, are you engaged to? Her name's Michaela, <laughs> the same girl I've been dating. Thank you, John Gottman, John and Julie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's John? Uh, yeah. It was good. What's new with you? <clears throat> uh, well, congratulations. Thank you. First of all. Thank you. Uh, that's real exciting. And I feel like by extension you need to thank, I think it was my mother who uh, suggested we do that book. So. <laughs> thank you, Susie Larson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm real excited for you. Uh, nothing that exciting has happened in my life. Uh, I've pretty much been spending most of my free time studying for the CPA exams. Did you get your results back for that? No. I took the first, so I studied for the first section starting in like October all through November and December. I took it January 6th. It's now January 14th, 15th. And uh, I'm not going to get my score till like February 10th. So that wow. just sucks. It's like it's still four weeks away. That does um, suck. But I'm starting studying for the next one. I feel decent about the one I took, and that's just uh, the most time-consuming part of my life right now. Nice. But yeah, um, so well, I'm just that's all I've got going on. You're trying to find a job, so oh yeah, how's that? That's going? been fun. <laughs> Had uh, quite a few interviews. Uh, no real offers yet. I'm also not super great at interviews, so. What can you do? You can prepare, remind yourself that better. you are the prize. Thank you. Don't get nervous. Wow, that, that's great advice. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Um, we're currently sitting in Garrett's parents' basement. Yeah, I'm living back home again. Sipping on some Sprites. Yeah. The that's sponsor it. of our episode today. Just kidding. Thank you, Sprite. It, uh... Man, when you crack open a new can, it really burns going down. <laughs> that yeah. should be their slogan. <laughs> um, so I I have a little cough. I need to apologize. It's a post-church ball game cough. You played church ball played this morning? I church ball today. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow. And uh, we lost, <laughs> but only by one point. <laughs> Wait. And uh, Did you foul the guy at the last second again? No. I, I actually played okay. Wow. What made me realize what what I learned though is I am just not in good shape right now. <laughs> um, my one redeeming quality playing basketball used to be that I could just be one of the guys who gets up and down the court every time. Like I just had the endurance to do that, and then I would come on pretty strong in the fourth quarter when a lot of guys are just tired. Right. Yeah. That was the one thing I was good at in basketball. 
Not anymore. And I was also hoping that I'd be the youngest guy there today, because it's like a family ward. Yeah. But I was not. The whole other team was younger <laughs> than me. <clears throat> and uh, I was sucking wind the whole game. <laughs> I was just like so <laughs> tired. That's I scored funny. some good layups, though. Got a couple assists. Actually, as time was expiring, we got the ball back with eight seconds left. And uh, one of my guys tried to, like, chuck it all the way down the field, all the way down the court. And this big guy on their team who'd scored most of their points because he's, like, four inches taller than me, got every rebound. Yeah. He, like, blocked the pass. And he thought it was going out of bounds. And I, like, I dived and I got it. And then I chucked it to my team. And then he passed it one more time to a guy, like, right open, wide open, right below the basket. Yeah. And that guy, like, pump faked. And then time expired and he shot and missed anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> so... It was close. It was a good game, though. And, you guys uh, had the chance, and you we blew were, it. We were close. You should have invited uh, me. I would have come played. I should have. That would have been fun. I don't know if that's, that's probably loud. I don't think they cared. <laughs> well. The other team only had three guys show up, and those guys were all younger than me. But then oh. the guy who was going to keep score played for them. Oh. And then the high councilman, who was 6'4 and got every rebound, also played for them. Wow. So. Messed up. Messed but, up. But uh, it was fun. But, yeah, I was... I, I'm just, like, exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get more uh, more exercise, yeah. more cardio. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I played for the first time <clears throat> last week, and I, too, thought I was going to die. I Like, at the end of the game, I <coughs> almost threw up. It was that bad. Yeah. I, I, was, I was so oh, man. just out of it. But And yeah. it was only half court, <laughs> which made it worse. We were at least playing full court today. <laughs> yeah. So... All right, well, this book that we're doing, it's a brand new book. It's kind of, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's called The Untethered Soul. I think it was famous at one point. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot of reviews online that are actually pretty, speak highly of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what any of them said. I read them a while ago, but... <laughs> uh, it's almost like a, like a Buddhisty kind of feel, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know much about Buddhism, but yeah. probably. Yeah, it's like, well, so the first chapter is called um, "The Voice Inside Your Head." Uh, what do you What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I found the first. And the second chapter, maybe we should just group them together. It's yeah. called Your Inner Roommate. And your inner roommate is the voice inside your head, according to the author. So I don't really know why those are two separate chapters. Anyway, um, there was also an introduction in case... Apparently a lot of people know what this book is. I didn't hear about it until a few weeks ago. But um, The goal of the book, according to the introduction, is to just help the reader find out who they are, help them find themselves, help them untether their soul, as the, as the title implies. But um, the thing I got from the intro was like, talks about how you put on different personalities when you're around different people or different situations. It's kind of like discovering which ones of those are like really you. Um, and it doesn't talk about, like, studies or science, but it's all just trying to help you look deeper into yourself and, and parts of you that, that influence your behavior, you know? 
Yeah. And the big one that he started off with in this part is, as Garrett said, the voice inside your head. And the main idea of that one is that there's, there's this voice constantly talking in the back of your mind. Well, the author claims, and I don't know if, I don't know how true that is. Because I, I, I read this a week ago, and I've been trying to, like, pay attention. I find it super true. Especially because, like, I spend a lot of time reading, mm-hmm. and that's when I notice it the most. Because, like, all of a sudden I'll get to the bottom of the page and I'll be like, why am I thinking about cheeseburgers or something like that, you know? Like, there's just always this constant dialogue in my head that it's just going back and forth between itself. And I've definitely noticed it. Huh. I mean, I, like, yeah, I think it's there uh, for me. But the author talks about it as if it's, like, literally 24-7. There's a voice going on in your head. And the point that he makes is that it's really important for you to realize that you are not that voice. That you are an individual entity that is observing and listening to that voice. Um, But that that voice isn't actually you. Which is interesting in its own thing, in its own right, but... Yeah, I like I said, I read this about a week ago, a week ago today, and I've been trying to pay attention to it, and I think, I think it's there some of the time, but not all the time. And the author writes about it as if this voice is like in complete control of you, and that yeah. you need to like really put effort in into into recognizing that that voice is not you, and recognizing that that voice gives bad advice. And yeah. I'm either just oblivious to the fact that I'm really listening to this voice. Maybe I'm, like, unable to even distinguish that this voice isn't me. And that, that's why I haven't noticed it. Ah, uh, maybe. But, uh, but I just don't feel like it's constant. Interesting. <coughs> I feel like it's not really constant. But the more I notice it, the more I'm like, maybe it's more present than I, than I actually believe that I realize um I know there's certain situations where I'll just like get mad and then I'll go over in my head like things I should have said and things I should and like that's the that's the voice you know yeah that's I mean I'm listening to it but that's definitely the voice so I think it's more present in certain situations usually when there's high emotion um because I don't really notice it when it's just, like, when I'm calm or when I'm, like, when I'm not feeling these super, these negative emotions, like, fear and, and, and anger. Like, when I'm happy and content, mm. I don't notice it as much. Yeah, that's where I, I agree with you there about, uh, yeah, like, emotional conversations or situations where I wish I would have said something or... Like, even ones from years ago that don't even matter anymore. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll think about it. Like, what if I said this? You know, like, what? That's funny. But I also do that with, like, conversations I can imagine myself having. Like, for example, I went to a church ball game today, and, and I don't really play basketball that much. But, like, I'm trying to get to know the guys in my ward. So we've been there for, like, seven months now, eight months. And I still, yeah. like, don't really know many of the dudes. And only one guy from my ward even showed up. Um, Was he nice? Yeah, yeah, he was. And he's, like, the guy in charge of organizing. And in our stake, they've, like, combined wards. So, luckily, three oh, guys from another ward ball. showed up. So, we had we had all we had a full team. But 
Um, like, before I went to the game today, I was, like, thinking about what I should say, like, introduce myself to him. Like, I know his name because his wife and my wife are in Young Women's together. Oh. So, like, I know his name, and I've, like, introduced myself to him one time, but I was like, okay, when I walk in, I should, like, just walk right up to him, like, confidently say hi, like, introduce myself again, and just, like, just, like, I'll think through future situations like that and how to not be awkward or how to, like, just try to, you know, make make good connections with people. But, again, it's not like I'm, I don't feel like I'm freaking out about those situations. I'm just, like, playing them through. Like, yeah thinking about them and that's probably the voice so I, I do recognize say, it then I would say that's the voice I would say a lot of people have a, a much harder time with the voice than you or I as well like some people that voice drives them crazy especially like if you have like there's forms of OCD and stuff like that I imagine that this book would be very helpful for for people that struggle with those types of things because if you realize that you you aren't that voice and that you can listen to it or not, I feel like that would be very liberating. Yeah. And that's one of the, the real good points I liked from, from these two chapters. He talks about how this voice a lot of times is used as basically a defense mechanism where we use it to process the world around us, to like get what we can't control and put it into words that we feel like we're in control of. Um, There's an ice maker down here. It's very loud. (laughs) But he then uses the example of how you should treat this inner voice like it's a life coach, which confused me for like the first six pages of the chapter. So I was like, aren't you just telling us that this voice sucks and it gives us bad advice? But then he gets to the point where you treat that voice as a life coach and you remember what it says. And then once the situation's over, you're like, that voice gave me terrible advice. I should stop <laughs> listening to it. Which I see the value in that idea, right? It's like, yeah. And he used the example of your significant other like doesn't call you back for like two hours. And you're just like, you start thinking about, oh, they don't care about me. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they forgot about me. Oh, whatever. You have all these thoughts going through your head. And then they call you and they were just, you know, busy making you dinner or planning something nice for you. That's the example the author uses. And you instantly, you're like, oh, okay, it's all good. Your life returns back to order, but you forget the fact that this voice was telling you all these negative things, right? Yeah. And then it happens again a week later and you do the same process and you listen to that voice again. And his point is you should try to remember that so you can separate yourself further from this voice and learn to not listen to it as much, not let it affect you. Yeah. I really liked that that example, honestly, because I feel like it was very applicable. There's a lot of situations, not exactly that situation, but like situations in dating where that has happened to me, and I feel like it made it super applicable. I really liked the chapter three, the who are you chapter, uh, where he goes into depth about you not being this voice, and he gives this example where he he has someone ask you who you are and you tell him well my name is is so and so my name is Garrett and he comes back with well that's not who you are that's just a title a label that you go by and that you're addressed by so who are you and then he goes on 
or you reply with, I am my experiences. And he's like, no, that's not really who you are. You're the person experiencing these experiences. Um, so who are you? You know, and it, he just keeps on going. And he ends up with um, that. He ends with the point that you are consciousness. You know, you're you're the awareness that experiences everything. And I don't know. I, I felt like that. It, it's like deeply confusing and yet so simple. <laughs> yeah. It's. And again, I think this is a concept that kind of helps you separate yourself from that voice you hear, right? Or from maybe perceptions that you have of yourself or that other people have of you. But the idea that somewhere, you know, behind your eyes, there's some conscious soul, I guess. It's the Untethered Soul is the name of the book, right? So let's go with that. But he calls it the seed of consciousness. And that's kind of what you boil down to. Like in the end, all these thoughts and emotions, they're things that you like deal with and witness. But like if you died and if the world just like disappeared, it's like what would you be? I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. But <laughs> again, this chapter, I did not understand most of it. This book, I haven't really understood a lot of it. But so it makes it interesting, right? Yeah. There's a lot to, to try to figure out and understand. But yeah. Well, there's a lot to, like, just ponder about as well. Yeah. Like, if you're this consciousness, like, I kept thinking of Stephen Hawking the whole time, because at the end of his life, he was, that's really all he was. He was just, like, he had a body, but it was, he couldn't do anything with it. He just had his mind, and therefore his consciousness. And I feel like that wouldn't be the type of life that I'd want to live. However, if you were in such a, a good place spiritually, uh, it probably wouldn't be as bad as I would think, you know? If you can realize that you are not, you know, you're not your body, it's just something your consciousness uses, something your soul uses, uh, then if something happens to it, it's not as traumatizing or as uh, disappointing, I guess. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's a, it's a good point. I mean, I feel like to be truly untethered, which, I mean, let's define what that means, untethered. Like, I don't free, know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, or not bound? Not, yeah, not weighed down by, yeah. by stuff that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and I feel like if, if you were able to, yeah, let's say go through a disease, Stephen Hawking, I don't know but whatever it was that shut his body down, right? Or anything else that happens. There's so many terrible things that can happen, truly terrible things that can happen in this life, but, like, be able to recognize that you still have, you know, you control what, you can control what you can control and that your being is still okay and intact. And in that way, you know, find a way to, to free yourself from, from all the weight of those things. Yeah. There's power in that, for sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, I mean, the whole point of this first part, part one, um, is that you can take that step back. If something, like, if you're mad, 
and that voice is going off in your head, you can step back and look at it objectively. And that is where your power comes from. Because if you give in to that voice, if you stay mad at something, you lose control. But by objectively looking at the situation, you you know, you have all the power. You choose how you respond. Your emotions don't choose for you. Whether it's anger or fear or I don't know, even happiness or, or you know, lust or something, you know? Like it's an interesting thought. Well said. The sprite's really good. I know. <laughs> um no, that was that was yeah, I like where you put that. Um one quote that goes along with what Garrett just said from the book that I liked. More ice. Uh, it said, nobody has ever truly become okay by changing things outside. Right? Which is a powerful phrase, powerful sentence, because I feel like that's the focus in our world, you know? Whether it's monetary gain or... Um, someone wants to change the way they look so they they use makeup and they exercise and some of those things are healthy but like if you're depending on any of those outside monetary things to fix your happiness or your fulfillment in life like it really comes down to to you and how you interpret those things that are happening to you you know yeah if you're unhappy in the job you're in right now and you get a promotion and you think your life's going to be fixed, it's just you're going to return back to that baseline of emotional stability or emotional happiness levels, whatever you want to label that as. But yeah. I really like that quote, and it's, you know, it's, it's on you to, to make yourself okay, and you have control over that, you know? Yeah. So this last chapter, it's called The Lucid Self. And it's basically the idea where he compares it to a lucid dream, which is a dream where you know that you're dreaming and you can control the dream. And he talks about how if you can get to a point where you're lucid in your consciousness, you can have these things happen in real time and step back and look at it objectively. You are... You know, you're, you're lucid, your emotions don't, don't control you. You still experience these emotions and these, like, things, sometimes bad things will still happen to you, but you, you can step back in real time and realize that, you know, you're not the voice, you're not these emotions, you're not these experiences, you're the person experiencing all of these things. And I feel like... If you could get to that point, you'd probably have a lot of power. I'm not. I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this chapter, I did not understand much of it. And maybe it's because I read all four chapters in one sitting, yeah. and then by the end, my brain was pretty uh, fried. I just mentioned. I just said everything I understood about the chapter. <laughs> so let me let me say everything I wrote down, which was three lines. Um, I, I made the connection that it felt like what he was talking about was was like virtual reality, you know? Kind There's of. these virtual reality things now where people can just basically escape into another world. And and uh, I've never actually tried it. What I've heard, it's like if you do that for even half an hour, 
real life just feels weird. And like you can, I feel like, especially in 10, 15 years from now, it's going to be harder and harder to distinguish between like when you're wearing one of those things um, and in real life, you know. Um, and the idea, the reason that came to me is because he kind of talks about how it's good to be able to like unplug and it kind of felt like meditation in a way you know like unplug from the world unplug from all these daily stresses unplug from like uh, your experiences and how again being able to do that I feel like will help you in life (laughs) help you in life help you this is a hard thing to talk about maybe I'm just so bad at it but (laughs) I don't know. Anytime you can actively step back and objectively look at something, it's just easier to do. Whether it's school, homework, life. School and homework is the same thing. Uh, (laughs) You know, work. I said that twice, too. (laughs) We are struggling. Dating. (laughs) Yeah. It's just easier. I mean, I I think what I was trying to say is it'll help you also, like, know what to focus on, you know? Yeah, that's like a good You point. step back, you recognize the things that you're worried about that matter and that don't matter. That's a good point. I like that point. And uh, I feel like that's really important. And I feel like that's something that everyone is bad at. Yeah, like everyone can improve on that. Yeah. I would think. I can. Um, I don't, I don't have much left to add. Yeah, so those are our... Uh, simple thoughts on this deep book. <laughs> uh, if anyone listening has ever read this book before and wants to teach us some stuff, feel free to teach us some stuff. <laughs> uh, you can message Kylie on Instagram and she'll let us know. There we go. Or you probably have our number, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm this book overall, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of it felt like fluff to me until like I hit a good part in the chapter, and I'm like, oh, he makes he actually makes a really good point here, and I see why he was saying all that other stuff. It just took me a while to like get yeah. into some of these ideas. Well, you know what? There's a lot of good books that are written in that in that fashion where you're like, eh, yeah, and then it's all wrapped up at some point. You know? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this is a really good one as we push through it. We're going to do this one in the in parts instead of chapter by chapter. So there should be like 5 episodes on it. I mean, hopefully it doesn't drag out for a year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to record next week. Yeah, well Garrett's all planning a wedding, so Well, I mean, who the heck knows? Michaela's planning a wedding. <laughs> I'm there to help her as <coughs> much as I can and what she want with what she wants help with. Yeah. I don't know how much that will be. <laughs> Yeah, Kylie would always ask for my opinion on things. Like, I really, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't care, but I know I shouldn't say that because you'll get upset. So <laughs> I'm gonna say blue or whatever option she has. But yeah, it's a weird time, but exciting. Yeah, also, this is exciting. All right. Well, thanks for listening. See you, everybody.